everyone, I hope you're all doing so well and welcome back to the Criminal Makeup Podcast. Each episode we dive into the minds of some of the worst criminals in history and today we're going to be talking about the case of Tyler Hadley. So Tyler Hadley was a teenager that lived a pretty troubled life and by the time this case takes place in 2011, he had a lot going on in his mind which resulted in him planning a very horrific act. And this case has become most well known for the now infamous house party that Tyler threw because this wasn't any normal house party. Something horrific had happened inside that house and the guests were partying away, not having a clue what was hiding inside Tyler's home. But the truth eventually came out and in a pretty shocking way and some pretty shocking things happen in this case. So that is what we're going to be talking about today. Tyler Hadley, also known as the house party killer. So let's dive in. Tyler Hadley was born on the 16th of December 1993, making him a Sagittarius. He was born in the town of Port St. Lucie, Florida, where he lived with his parents, Blake and Mary Jo, as well as his brother, Ryan, who was six years older than him. And Tyler was born prematurely. He only weighed three pounds, 10 ounces when he was born. And this meant that he had to spend his first month of his life in an incubator. And this was a huge scare for Tyler's parents. And Tyler's mom, Mary Jo, was a school teacher. And just following this, she always just felt really guilty whenever she had to leave Tyler, whenever she had to leave for work. And just in general, like whenever she would have to leave Tyler, she would feel so guilty. And Tyler became very close to his mom. As a child growing up, he was very clingy to his mom. And to be honest, Tyler was really close with his dad as well. Like it wasn't just his mom. He was really close to his parents. So his dad used to work quite late sometimes and Tyler would wait up until his dad got home because he wanted to make sure that his dad got home safe. And when his dad would return home, they would play like a game of basketball sometimes. Like they would actually hang out. They were really, really close. So Tyler and his parents, they're not just like a parent kind of relationship. They're also a friend relationship. They're all really, really close. But Tyler as a child was also so extremely anxious. Not a day would go by where Tyler wouldn't suffer with some sort of anxiety. He also suffered a lot with guilt. He would feel a lot of guilt over a range of things. Like there was this incident where Tyler told his mom to shut up and then immediately after he broke down in tears because he felt so guilty that he would tell his mom to shut up. He was just overwhelmed with the guilt of telling his mom to shut up. Tyler relied on his mom a lot as well because he was quite an anxious child. And I have seen it reported that Tyler was maybe a bit too close to his mom, not in a weird way, but they were just calling him a mommy's boy. And people just labeling it as strange that he was so close to his mom and I find it really annoying when I read things like that because it's just like such a stereotype, isn't it? Like if a boy's close to his mom, he's a mommy's boy and he gets picked on and he gets labeled that when it's just, it's just stupid, isn't it? So this is basically Tyler's childhood. However, when Tyler was approximately between eight and 10, I couldn't find the exact age, he started to display symptoms of mild depression. And this was a huge concern to Tyler's mom, Mary Jo, because she had suffered chronic mild depression for a lot of her life. 
And she didn't want her son to go through that as well. So she was very proactive in this. She didn't bury her head in the sand. She saw that there was an issue and she wanted to help her son. So she started off by taking Tyler counseling to try and help his depression. But controversially, by the age of 10, Tyler was prescribed antidepressants. So he was on antidepressants at least 10, but maybe even younger than that, but at least at the age of 10. So he's very, very young. And to make matters worse, Tyler was also suffering from acne at a very young age as well, age of 10. And Tyler, as well as being an anxious child, was also a very self-conscious child. So the fact that he was struggling with acne, he was also struggling with his weight as well. This hugely affected his self-confidence. And people around him, which is just horrible, I hate hearing things like this, did used to label Tyler as a bit chubby. And this led to Tyler having issues with his body image. No child should be worried about that. Of course, no one should be worried about that. But at the age of 10, like, oh God, it breaks my heart. It's horrible. And to try and improve Tyler's confidence and help his acne, he was prescribed Accutane. And I couldn't, again, find the exact age that he was prescribed this, but it was very young. I don't know if it was 10, but it, it was very close to 10. And again, this was very controversial because Accutane has been linked to depression and suicidal thoughts. So the fact that Tyler was prescribed Accutane whilst also being on antidepressants was just extremely unusual. On top of Accutane and antidepressants, Tyler also started to take growth hormones because of a thyroid issue that Tyler had. I don't know what it was, but it was like an underlying issue with his thyroid. And I think it had come from the fact that he was born prematurely. Um, so he had quite a lot of issues and he seemed to be on quite a lot of medication. So he's very young right now, age 10 to 12, and he is on a cocktail of all of these different medications. And these are strong medications as well. And it wasn't too long after this little cocktail of medication that Tyler's behavior started to change. Tyler became a troublemaker, both at home and at school. He was graffitiing, graffitiing, is that a word? Over public bathrooms with Sharpies. He was painting on the sides of people's cars. And he was also being a nuisance, like a real nuisance to his neighbors by breaking windows and stealing things like from people's gardens. There was even something that he stole some Christmas lights from someone's house. His attitude, his whole personality, 180 completely flipped he had gone from this really caring boy because that is what people described him as he was really caring really thoughtful really close to his parents like didn't cause any problems no issues to all of a sudden being this huge troublemaker and he was regularly getting into arguments with his parents which he had never really done before and i know kids and teenagers they go through like arguing their parents and stuff but Tyler's not even a teenager right now. He is between the ages of 10 and 12. And there was one incident where he had this huge argument with his mom and he turned up at his friend's house and he was venting to his friend. And he said to his friend, I want to kill my parents. He said it so matter-of-factly with no remorse. He just came out with it that one day he wanted to kill his parents. And this is just so far from the boy that burst into tears after he told his mom to shut up. And I know, again, kids say that they hate their parents, they want them dead. Like kids say these horrible mean things, but there is a difference between saying that 
and saying that they want to kill them. Like there's a difference, isn't there? And given what happens in this case, I think that this is pretty significant. But then when Tyler got older, still only 12 years old, I just want to say, so not old really, but as he got a little bit older, things continue to get worse because Tyler turned to drugs and alcohol. By the age of 12, Tyler was drinking any alcohol that he could get his hands on. And by the age of 15, he started smoking marijuana. He then also started to self-medicate with Xanax and Oxycodone. And then this soon led Tyler into taking ecstasy and also other hallucinogenic drugs. And he is so young at this point. He's only 15 max at this point. I'm pretty sure that he was still on antidepressants at this point. I don't know if he was on Accutane. Like, I don't know anything about Accutane. I don't know how long you take it for. He was on the growth hormone. He's uh, drinking alcohol, smoking marijuana, taking ecstasy, Xanax, oxycodone, other hallucinogenic drugs. It's like, oh my God, like taking all of that together, recipe for disaster. And Tyler's problematic behavior just continued, if not got worse during his teenage years. And his parents just didn't know what to do about it. They didn't know how to help him. They didn't know how to make the situation better. And it is said that at this point, Mary Jo did start to bury her head in the sand. She just, she didn't know how to deal with it. She was just like, I don't know what to do. And she's just denying that anything is wrong with Tyler at this point. Because there was one time where a neighbor did approach Mary Jo about Tyler's behavior, just saying that he was with a group of teenagers in the park. He was up to no good, like doing drugs, like blah, blah, blah. And Mary Jo was just like, oh no, not my Tyler. Like he doesn't do that. Like none of that, no issues. Like that wasn't my Tyler. However, Mary Jo couldn't exactly bury her head in the sand for long. Like she did realize, okay, Tyler is going through some stuff. He is having some issues. Like we need to do something about this. And she also realized that he is still suffering with his mental health and also his body image. In fact, at 15, I think, again, it's very wishy-washy the ages of this case. Like I'm having to do a lot of guesswork on like timeframes and stuff. But at the age of 15, Tyler was suffering from bulimia. And Tyler... He was very self-conscious about the way he looked, about his body. He felt really sure and he also felt overweight. So Mary Jo thought that it would be a good idea for Tyler to start taking the human growth hormone. But again, this probably wasn't the best decision. The human growth hormone is supposed to build muscle and reduce fat. Um, a lot of bodybuilders use it, I think. And its use, again, is also very controversial because it has a lot of side effects. And so some of the side effects include mental health side effects, such as depression. And Tyler's bad behavior continued at school. He continued to get into trouble. He was that kid that would just disrupt the class. And sometimes it was funny, you know, sometimes we all need a good laugh, but then sometimes it's just like, oh my God, shut up. <laughs> One time he literally just started mooing like a cow. I'm pretty sure there was someone that did that in my school. He would often as well just shout randomly in the middle of lessons, like just being really disruptive, like just being really loud, kind of like the class clown, but a bit more of an idiot. You know what I mean? And a lot of this he would do for attention. Like a lot of what Tyler did was for attention. And to cause even more problems, Tyler developed a new interest fire. It's just never a good sign, is it, when a kid is obsessed with fire. We don't have the McDonald triad, but it's still not good. Tyler liked to start fires. There was one time where Tyler found an abandoned sofa. He got that sofa, he dragged it into the middle of the woods, 
poured gasoline all over the sofa and then set it alight. As you can imagine, in a wooded area, gasoline, not a good thing. And of course the fire got out of control. Like anybody with common sense would know that. The fire department had to be called out. Like he caused a lot of damage. It was pretty serious arson that he had committed, but um, he only got a warning for this. I feel like the punishment should have been a little bit worse than a warning, but maybe it was like the first offense. So he got a warning, but yeah, he caused serious damage to the woods and he only got a warning. So after this, his mom tries to get him back on the right track. I think after the warning from the fire department, she can't really put it off for much longer. One of the things that she did just in general, she kept a closer eye on Tyler, like asking him how he is, asking him what he's up to, who he's speaking to. And when Tyler did step out of line, which was quite often, Mary Jo did punish him and not like crazy punishments, just normal punishments. Like she would take his phone away from him, take his car away, TV, like just the normal things. But of course, Tyler thought that this was unreasonable. And the more that Tyler's mom tried to set him on the right track, the more Tyler rebelled. The more Tyler rebelled, the more Mary Jo punished him. They were just in this really bad cycle. And over time, Tyler developed quite a deep resentment towards his parents, like more than normal. In April of 2011, Tyler is 17 at this point. He got into quite a serious physical fight with one of his friends. And the fight was that serious that Tyler actually got arrested for aggravated battery. And it was that serious that Tyler was sentenced to one week in prison and then two weeks house arrest. And as an additional punishment, Mary Jo was like, yeah, I'm confiscating your phone. Like, You've got to be punished more than that. And again, Tyler was furious with this because he was so furious that his parents were meddling in with his life. And it's just like, Tyler, you're 17. You live at home. What are you expecting? You've just been to prison. And Tyler's anger towards his parents was just getting worse and worse by the day. Tyler, I should add, is still on his little cocktail of medications. He's also still self-medicating with drugs and alcohol himself as well. So these anger issues and this cocktail of drugs and his deep resentment to his parents, Tyler, it's not a good situation. And it was around this time that Tyler developed murderous thoughts. And these thoughts were about his parents. And I know he said as a child, I want to kill my parents. But it was just a one-off. He wasn't really seriously thinking about it. Even though it's worrying that he said that, he wasn't seriously thinking about it. Well, now he's really seriously thinking about killing his parents. The thoughts started off as small thoughts, but then of course, when you don't deal with negative dark thoughts properly, they only manifest and get bigger. So it's still July 2011 and we are now just a couple of weeks away from the tragic events of today's case. So remember Tyler had a brother. I know he hasn't really appeared much in this story, but he did have a brother, Ryan. He has just moved out. He has gone to college. So now it's just Tyler and his parents in the house. And at this point as well, Tyler's parents were trying to admit Tyler into a substance abuse program. And of course, no surprise, this did not go down 
well with Tyler. And it's gone to the point where Tyler is thinking about murdering his parents on a daily basis. Like there is not a day that goes by where he doesn't seriously think about murdering his parents. And Tyler didn't keep this to himself. He started to talk openly with his friends about murdering his parents. I know. He was talking to his friends about how much he hates his parents and that he wants to kill them. So remember that Tyler has his phone confiscated. So he's using Facebook Messenger to communicate with his friends. And there was one conversation that Tyler had with a friend, very short conversation, but it's still very worrying. And the conversation went like this. So Tyler said, lol, yep, she's a see you next Tuesday, full show, I might kill her. To then the friend replied, oh my God, no jail or I mean prison, lol. To which Tyler replied, oh well, with a little heart. There was a separate incident where Tyler was at his friend's house and he was just playing video games. And side note, Tyler, you haven't really got it that bad, have you? I mean, you're supposed to be grounded and your parents are still letting you out to a friend's house. It's like, you don't have it that bad. Okay, so he was at a friend's house playing video games, just relaxing. And then all of a sudden, Tyler blurted out, I want to kill my parents and have a big party after. He then started to say things like, oh, no one's done that before. Like no one has killed their parents or killed somebody and then had a house party with the bodies still in the house. It's like, who says that? Like, why is that even in his head? Who cares if no one has done that before? Like, why would you want to do that? And the friend that he was with just laughed it off. Like the friend did not think that he was being serious. Which I can understand. If someone said that to you, you wouldn't think that they were serious, would you? But it's still concerning. I would still be a little bit worried if I was that friend. I'd still be like, oh, Oh, okay, like I'm gonna have to keep a closer eye on you. But unfortunately, Tyler was not joking. And it was at this point that he had decided that he was going to kill his parents. So on the 15th of July, 2011, just after Tyler's parents went to bed, Tyler picked up a pair of garden shears and made his way to his parents' bedroom. He was holding the garden shears above their head and what he wanted to do was plunge the garden shears into his parents. But but he couldn't do it. I, I don't know why, for some reason. I don't think he has any remorse about this whole thing. So I don't think it's that. I don't think he felt guilty. I don't think he changed his mind. I think he just felt that the circumstances were not right just yet. And Tyler walked out of the room. But of course, um, he did try again. And unfortunately, he was successful on that time. So it is the next day, the 16th of July, 2011, and Tyler receives a message. Remember the friend that he had told that he was going to kill his parents. So his friend messaged him and said, did you do it? what kind of friend is this? To which Tyler responds, no, but I'm gonna. And then in another message, Tyler says, and then I'm gonna have a party. And his friend just responded with, yeah, party time. Again, what kind of friend is this? Or what kind of person is this? Like, seriously, like who responds with that? Who responds to somebody wanting to kill their parents and saying that they're going to kill their parents with, yay, party time? Sometimes I just feel like I'm done with people. And then of course, as we know, Tyler wants a party after he's killed his parents. So he pretty much spends all day on Facebook trying to arrange a party. At 1.15 p.m. he posts on Facebook, party at my crib tonight, dot, 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 maybe. Tyler then spends the next few hours psyching himself up to kill his parents. He takes his parents' credit cards. He also takes their phone 
So when he does attack them, they cannot phone for help. He then takes three ecstasy pills and then at around 5 p.m. he heads to the garage and he picks up a claw hammer. He then goes to the living room where his mom is working on the computer in the living room and he just stands behind her thinking about what he's going to do and she has no idea that he's stood behind her. Tyler stands behind his mom, Mary Jo, contemplating what he's going to do for five minutes. Do you know how long five minutes would be in that situation? He stood there with a claw hammer thinking about killing his mom. Five minutes is a hell of a long time. And there are so many opportunities in this case for Tyler to come to his senses, to realize what he's doing is wrong and not kill his parents, but he doesn't. So after he stood there for five minutes, he then obviously decides to kill his mom and he takes the claw hammer and strikes her over the head. His mom manages to scream one last word, which was, why? But Tyler ignores this why and continues his attack. He went on to strike his mom 36 times. Oh my god, overkill. Like, that is filled with so much rage. And what is just horrible, devastating to think about is that an autopsy revealed that Mary Jo was alive for every single blow. And tragically, Mary Jo died shortly after the attack had finished. So Tyler's dad, Blake, was in another room and he heard this attack. But this attack was so frenzied, it didn't last for very long. I mean, 36 strikes sounds like a lot, which it is, but it didn't last very long. So by the time that Blake had come out to confront his son, Unfortunately, it was already too late for Mary Jo. And when Blake saw Tyler again, all he just said was, why? To which Tyler replied, why the fuck not? And then Tyler proceeded to attack his dad. He hit his dad with the claw hammer multiple times. He ended up striking his dad 39 times. And very tragically, Blake also died from his injuries and both of these attacks were very quick, but filled with so much rage. And it's hard to get your head around. Why does Tyler have so much hatred to his parents to kill them in this horrible, sadistic way? Tyler had good parents. They were good people. Like, it's hard to get your head around. Like, how has he got this much anger and hatred inside of him? So after Tyler had killed both of his parents, he went and got some towels and placed the towels over his parents' head. Now, this could be a sign of remorse. If I was just reading that in isolation, I would say, okay, that is a sign of remorse. But I don't know in this situation because of Tyler's behavior after the murder. I can't imagine that he had any remorse at all. So I don't know why he put a towel over the head. Maybe it is remorse. Maybe he does feel a little bit guilty and he doesn't want to deal with what he's just done. Like that is why he's put a towel over their head because if he can't see their faces, maybe he thinks it's not real. Tyler then drags both of his parents' body into the master bedroom. He positioned them side by side on the floor. He gets the claw hammer and places the hammer in between his parents. And then what he does next is so weird. He proceeds to get every single piece of furniture 
that he can get, and I mean furniture, so I'm talking about desks, tables, chairs, coffee table, like bedding and clothes and just everything, and I mean everything, that he can get his hands on and puts it on his parents to bury them, literally bury them in all of this furniture. And I just don't think I've ever heard of somebody getting pieces of furniture, like furniture to bury and put on top of somebody. Like, I don't know, I just found that really weird. Like that was definitely not normal. Not that any of this is normal, but you know what I mean. And because this attack was such a frenzied attack, there was a lot of mess made. So Tyler did his best. He didn't do a very good job but he did his best to clean up the blood. He then went and took a shower. And after the shower, he looked at himself in the mirror and started laughing hysterically for quite a long time. And that is why I said, I don't think he has remorse because why would he laugh? Like if he had remorse, like why would he laugh? So at 8.15 PM, Tyler posts to Facebook saying, party at my house, hit me up. A friend replied to the message and said, what about if your parents come home? To which Tyler replied, trust me, they won't. Tyler then gets himself ready for his party, the party that he's been wanting for the longest time. And he takes the money out of his parents' wallets. He gives that to his friend. His friend then goes and buys alcohol. This friend is over 21, so he can do that. And then at around 9 p.m., people start to arrive. Eventually, almost 100 people ended up turning up at Tyler's house. However, as can sometimes happen with these kinds of house parties, a lot of the people that were at Tyler's house didn't even know who Tyler was. And because they didn't know who Tyler was, they didn't know whose house this is, they really did not give a damn about how they treated the house. Pretty much these guests wrecked the house. Beer bottles were on the floor, people were putting out their cigarettes on the carpets, on the walls. People ate pretty much everything that was in the kitchen and people were throwing things everywhere. Like it was a mess, like it was horrible. And I truly, like, I just don't know how some people can do that. It's like, it's not your house. When you go to someone else's house, respect it. So the party goes on like this for a few hours and people are drinking more, people are getting more drunk, and the party's getting louder, it's getting more rowdy. Some people had moved the dining table into the living room so they could play beer pong. However, when they were playing beer pong, and this just makes my skin oh, crawl, the ball obviously kept falling on the floor, and it kept falling in sticky, goopy, brown stuff. I think we all know what that is. They didn't, but we do. And what's just oh god so disgusting is that people would pick the ball up off the floor and just like wipe it on their top and then continue to carry on playing beer pong and that ball was going into people's drinks and then they were drinking it oh and whilst all of this was going on tyler just seemed really detached from the whole thing the main thing that tyler was concerned about was the noise keeping the noise down because the last thing he wanted was the police to be called out and this whole time no one had any idea about what was in the master bedroom. Some people had tried to get in, but the door was locked. People at the party as well were also complaining about a terrible 
smell. They said that it smelled like death. But of course, they didn't think that it was death or anything like that. Of course, why would you? Like, your mind wouldn't go there. People were also asking Tyler repeatedly, like, where are your parents? What about if they come back? And depending on who he was talking to, Tyler would change his story. Sometimes he would say that his parents were away, even though both of their cars were still on the drive. So... I don't know how no one clocked onto that. And of course, a lot of people didn't even know who Tyler was. They didn't know him. They're probably from another school. And when they asked him, like, where are your parents? He told one person that his dad had died. And that person just assumed that his dad had died a while ago. Not literally hours before their conversation. As the night wore on, Tyler struggled to keep the information that he had killed his parents to himself. And he decided that he was going to have to tell someone. His best friend, Michael, who had been his best friend since the age of eight, was at the party and Tyler pulled him to one side to tell him that he had killed his parents. So the two of them went outside and Tyler just came out with it. I've killed my parents. And at first, Michael was just like, you're joking, like, you can't be serious. And then Tyler said, if you look closely, you can see all of the signs. Tyler took Michael back to the house and he pointed out his parents' car in the driveway. He was like, why would they be away? Their cars are here. He then took Michael in the house. He started pointing at all of those goopy, sticky brown spots. He then took Michael into the master bedroom. And I'm just like, why? Why traumatize somebody else? Like, ugh. deal with what you've done yourself. Don't bring other people into it. But he took Michael into the master bedroom and he pointed to the pile of furniture and sticking out from underneath all of that furniture was a pale white leg. And this is when it dawned on Michael, oh my God, Tyler is telling the truth. And Michael went into a little bit of a state of shock. It's like, how do you deal with that? How do you process that? And Michael is only 17 and he doesn't know what to do. He stays at the party for a few more hours and he keeps this information to himself. Like he's trying to process it. And during this time, which is just so weird. So after Tyler has told Michael, the police end up turning up at Tyler's house because they received a noise complaint from one of the neighbors. Tyler goes to the door and just apologizes to the police officers. And then the police officers are just like, okay, turn it down. And the police officers went away. And it's like, how many times does this happen in these stories that the police stop or like come into contact with a killer and they obviously don't know and they let the killer carry on. But anyway, that doesn't really have that much importance really. I just found that weird because that happens so often. But in the end, Michael did do the right thing. Before he left the party, he took a selfie of himself and Tyler, which has become quite infamous. And he took that selfie because he knew that that was the last time that he was going to see Tyler. That was the last time that Tyler was going to be a free person, essentially. He left the party and he phoned and reported the murder. And at around 4.40 a.m., Tyler, the party was still kind of going on, I think. Tyler posted on Facebook, party at my house again, hit me up. But literally only minutes after Tyler posted this to Facebook, police storm the house. They go straight to the master bedroom. And as they are making their way to the master bedroom, Tyler is frantically saying, 
don't go in there, you can't go in there. But of course the police did and they find the bodies of Blake and Mary Jo. Tyler was immediately arrested and taken into custody. After his arrest, he was pretty much immediately charged with two counts of first degree murder and Tyler pleaded guilty to this, so there was no trial. And on the 20th of March, 2014, Tyler was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. He avoided the death penalty because he was only 17 at the time of the murders. And then later down the line on appeal, his sentence was changed to life in prison with the possibility of parole. And that is the case of Tyler Hadley, who has been called the house party killer. And like I said earlier on in the video, it's just hard to get your head around how Tyler had so much hatred and anger and resentment towards his parents. And I'm not a medical professional, so just bear that in mind. But it does seem like, to me anyway, that Tyler should not have been on so much medication, but he was just on such a crazy cocktail of medication. And it just seemed like, was no one monitoring this medication? Was no one seeing if this cocktail worked together? Because medication can be an amazing thing, but it can also completely mess you up. And it just seems like maybe all of that medication, along with the drugs and the alcohol, just messed Tyler up because before he went on any medication, he was such a sweet, kind boy. He struggled with anxiety. He did struggle with depression, but he didn't have any of this anger. He didn't have any of those murderous thoughts. He had none of that. And it's just so sad. Like Mary Jo and Blake did try their hardest most of the time to get Tyler the help that he needed. And I just hope that Ryan is okay because He's lost his parents. Remember that Tyler had a brother, Ryan. He moved out to college when this happened. And I can't even imagine what he went through. Like he went to college with two parents and a brother. And then all of a sudden, all of that is taken away from him. And that brings us to the end of this episode. There are no updates on the case of Tyler Hadley. So thank you so much everyone for listening today. Subscribe or follow to make sure you never miss an episode of The Criminal Makeup. And if you enjoy the show, it would mean a lot if you could leave a five-star review. In the meantime, if you've been affected by any of the themes in this episode, please take the time to look at the description for this episode for some helpful resources. Special thanks to my producers at Audio Room Studios and I'll see you all in the next one.